You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Thanks so much for joining us. My name is Todd Lesher. I'm your host, and I am super excited about this podcast because my wife is joining us. We are talking about parenting preschoolers and getting a preschool teacher's perspective and how that can help us parent our preschoolers. And I think we have the best preschooler, preschool teacher in the room. And so here is my wife, Abby Lesher. Abby, thanks so much for joining us. Hi. Um, I am excited to be here, I guess. This is not my normal audience. Um, I like little people. So um, I have been a preschool teacher for eight years. I have been a mom of a preschooler for almost 10 years. We're graduating out of that this yep. year. Finally getting a, our last little guy into kindergarten. Um, but I have my degree in early childhood and really love what I do. It's awesome. Well, I've kind of been the beneficiary of learning how to parent a preschooler because of your experience and background and education there. So hopefully we can take some of your knowledge that you, you know, put into practice as a preschool teacher yourself for those parents who are just trying to figure out the preschool phase of life where there is no manual, there's no textbook. It's, it's just <laughs> one day at a time. It is crazy. Very, very crazy. And so why don't we start with kind of talking a big picture of preschoolers. And so I'll kind of go through a couple different categories and you can just give us a basic basic explanation of those. So what, what are the most important basic needs of a preschooler? Um, preschoolers need to feel safe and secure before they can learn. Um, of course, you have to take care of their basic, make sure they get enough rest, make sure they don't get enough sugar or don't get too much sugar, mm -hmm. um, don't watch too much screens, but they need to feel safe and secure. Um, they really thrive in a predictable environment where they okay. know what's happening day to day. Um, they need a lot of interaction. There's a lot of language that happens um, that develops in these years. That's really the main thing that develops between two and five. And um, they need to be read to and talked to and sung to. And that's how that language develops. Um, a friend of mine said that I believe this statistic is right, that they need 30,000 words by four years old. Wow. And it might even be bigger than that. Mm -hmm. But the point is that you need to talk to them and you need to give them words to speak and to kind of frame their world. Yeah. Yeah. You're kind of building their vocabulary. You're you are. A little bit. You're building their dictionary. You as are. Well, as well you're, you're building all kinds of dictionaries. They're yeah. emotional dictionary, yep. um, their academic dictionary, all of those. Yeah, that's You're just right. filling it up. So how do preschoolers see the world? Um, I kind of thought of preschoolers as sponges and mirrors. So mm -hmm. they mirror a lot of the things that you do. They mirror a lot of your emotions. Um, if you're feeling anxious, they're going to feel anxious. If you're happy, they're going to be happy too. So they really kind of see the world the way you do. Mm -hmm. Um but they also kind of soak all those things in. They are very tactile. They um, they see the world as something to learn and to experience. Um, they don't have adult inhibitions. Mm -hmm. They just go for it. Yep. Um, they're really a lot of fun if, if they feel secure and safe and you have taken care of all their needs. Mm -hmm. They're really a fun crew. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Sponges and mirrors. How do preschoolers learn? Uh, preschoolers learn by doing, by touching, um, by asking questions, and um, 
they don't learn as well by just repeating. Mm-hmm. They really need to, um, like our youngest son, he can work Netflix. He can operate mm-hmm. your watch. Yep. Um, and he learned those by doing it himself. Yep. Um, so they need to touch. They need to ask questions. They need to sing songs. Um, they're just observers. Yeah. They watch everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. They hear everything too. They repeat so they're, everything. They're right. Yeah. That goes back to the mirrors and sponges. And I think when you're talking about the remote is they've pushed the button combinations enough to figure it out. Right. So in some of that, they have failed enough to learn. Right. In some ways to go, oh, I figured this out. And even, you know, we talk about the specifics of batteries. You know, they're asking the questions of going, can you put a double A and a triple A in here to work? Right. No. Oh, it must be two double A's then. And so they're like solving these puzzles as they go. But it's all kind of, you know, uh, through trial or through test and failure. And then they arrive at it, which is pretty genius at that age. So they are learning and their brain is developing so rapidly. Right. And you're expressing your confidence in them when you when they say, can I do it? And you say, sure, Mm -hmm. let's try it. Um, And giving them that window of time where they can figure it out Mm because they they gain so much confidence and pride in themselves and in their abilities when you say, yeah, you can try it. And let them keep trying until they get it. Yeah. Not in every circumstance. But. Sure, sure. Yeah. How about when it comes to physical activity and relationships, friendship? What, what's going on in a preschooler's world there? Um, they need to run. They need to <laughs> climb. They need to jump. Um, and a lot of the play that you'll see is that they are not interacting with one another, but they are doing what's called parallel play. They play okay. next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why sharing is kind of a bumpy thing for them because they're used to playing by themselves. And when someone kind of invades their space, you know, they don't think that that person is going to play with them. They're going to take their stuff. Um, so they, they love their little friends, but the most important stability they need is that they need their home life to be stable. Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's just a mom, just a dad, whatever home looks like that needs to be stable. And that's the relationships where they really will thrive. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of times parents will get worried because their best buddy is not going to be in their class next year. Yep. And that's really a worry that parents put on their children because you can communicate that to say, oh, you get to get new friends this year. We mm-hmm. can still play with Jack on yep. the playground, um, but you're going to make such great new friends because you're a good friend. Yeah. Um, but parents project those worries about friendships. Mm-hmm. Kids hold on very lightly to friendships for the most part yeah. and are really um, resilient. Yeah. They, they don't have those worries. <laughs> yeah. 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 And when you talk about kind of the importance of play and energy, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that our, our four-year-old says is his energy level, you know, oh, yeah. is that green, yellow, or red? <laughs> his battery. His battery yeah. life. That's right. <laughs> so that sort of thing. And I was asking him the other day of like, what fills up your battery? And he's like, right. water and a snack. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, they need to get the energy out, but they also right. need to be recharged. And the other thing, when it comes to play, we were reading this book about the importance of preschool. And there's there's random play and then there's guided play. Right. And it's almost as if random play is good for energy release, right? right. And But guided play is good for learning and mm-hmm. for interpersonal relationship building. Yeah, they're very um, imaginative and they... Um, kind of organize their thoughts by doing what in preschool you would maybe call dramatic play, um, where they're pretending to be fireman. Or um, you might notice that if there has been 
uh, maybe tension between spouses in your home, um, conflict with brother or something. You might see that acted out when your child is playing mm. house. Yeah. Um, or if there's um, something like maybe they had a disagreement with a friend and somebody really hurt their feelings. You might find out that their stuffed animals really have a hurt feeling mm. yeah. or hurt feelings. And they are just trying to process their world. Yeah. And because they only see it kind of through their eyes, they can kind of imagine it out and tell you what's going on. Right. Yeah, they're placing those experiences Mm -hmm. or those emotions on something that's more concrete to help them gain some understanding. And you can, you know, you can, teachers use that kind of play for a lot of Mm -hmm. different things. Yeah. Um, But if we go back to physical activity real quick, I think an important thing about a preschooler is that um, they need to run often. So, if they are running for 30 minutes and you've done something outside and now you expect them to sit quietly the rest of the day, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. They need, you know, an hour here and then they can run errands for you for a little while. But you probably need to bookend that with mm-hmm. a chance to run or walk beside the car or carry something heavy. You know, they mm-hmm. need they need that kind of movement often yeah. and not just once a day. Right. That's good. At the very beginning of this kind of overview, you mentioned kind of routine. Mm-hmm. So why is routine so important for a preschooler? Um, it just it gives them a lot of security. They don't have control over most of their world. People are always telling them what to wear, what to eat, when we're going places. And um, routine, kind of in some ways, just makes them feel like, okay, I know what's coming next. And it gives them security and um one thing that I learned in my education is that if the kids' basic needs aren't met, if they aren't well-rested, they aren't fed, mm-hmm. um, they aren't feeling safe, then they can't learn mm. because their brain is not in the right working order. Yeah. Um, one of the things, you know, just to stress the importance of safety, um, we are a foster family, mm-hmm. and um, one of the most telling stories of a kid needing safety to me is um, you were at, I guess, at advance one night. Mm-hmm. And um, our little guy had been with us for, I don't know, two or three nights, and it was time to go to bed. And I was cleaning the kitchen, and I hear him saying, is anybody out there? <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> I am done. I want to go home. Yeah. And I kind of listened for a minute because he wasn't crying. He was just kind of letting out some of the steam. Yeah. And um, he just kept saying, is anybody out there? Hmm. I want to go home. And so I... I went in there and I said, hey, bud, I'm so sorry. I know this has been hard. He's three. Mm -hmm. But I said, I know you want to go home, but home is not safe and you can be safe here. We'll Mm -hmm. take good care of you. And he closed his eyes Hmm. and he went to sleep. But he just needed to know that where he was was safe. Mm Because I think he knew that home wasn't safe, that he wasn't cared for. But I just told him that I was there and he was safe and he slept the whole night Hmm. and didn't make another peep. Yeah. So that's why, you know, in preschool classes, there's so much routine because you go in there, you hang up your backpack, you take out your lunchbox, you hang up your jacket, then you go to whatever is next, sit here to centers, to playground, so-and-so. And And then even in TV programming, right? You Mm -hmm. could watch one show on Monday and then turn it back on on Friday. It's the same thing. Right. But now they know the routine of the TV show and they're able to win by right. watching that, they're able to answer the questions that the person on the program is asking, right. and they're able to predict it, which in some way gives them that confidence. So there's both yeah. safety, there's some of that security, the confidence mm-hmm. building, and they know, hey, I know what's coming next. I know I can depend on this. Right. I know situation. I've done the... They really want to please you. Yeah. I know I've done the right thing. 
if I have followed this routine. Yeah. And um, a, a great thing for parents to do if kids are having trouble with routines is to draw a picture in order of the yeah, things that yeah, you yeah, want yeah. them to do. If you look in my classroom, there's a routine, a picture routine of what do you do when you go to the bathroom? There's a picture routine mm-hmm. of what do you do when you come in? And it, one, helps reading skills because they're following print, you know, top to bottom, left to right. Yeah. Um, but they are also just gaining that confidence that they need to gain another skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess the hard thing for when it comes to parenting preschoolers is life is not routine. You know, yeah. even though preschoolers need that routine. So it might be set up in school and on TV. But, you know, when life gets out of sorts, you know, coming mm-hmm. back to a kind of a basic routine really helps a preschooler. Right. And you can feel that tension growing, yeah. Um, yeah. whether companies in town or you've just been on the go yeah. or you're transitioning to a new school year or into summer. Yeah. Well, one thing for us is we always called it grandparent detox because yes. we send our, pre, you know, our, our preschoolers to be with grandparents and right. we go away for a weekend. Then we come back and they would just be out of sorts. And it was Crazy. like routine. Yeah. Routine yeah. was broken. So it was like, all right, we got to spend a couple of days detoxing right. that grandparent you yes. know, routine and schedule and everything like that. Right. So, and reinforcing our routine. Right. Right. Exactly. So the amazing thing about preschoolers is they go from toddler age that, you know, 18 months, two years, and then they are a different person by the age of five. Totally. And they go from, you know, kind of wobbling around, mm-hmm. stumbling, uh, talking here and there, making noises up to five years old, like we said, right. that they can do a lot of very basic things. Right. And so give us kind of the important development changes that take place over the course of a preschooler's the preschooler phase. Right. Um, kind of touched on it earlier is language, language, mm-hmm. language. As the vocabulary builds, um, they do just want more. They are insatiable. Yeah. They just want more words, want more books, want more songs. And as that language develops, hopefully what you're getting is that there's getting some emotional regulation. Mm-hmm. That they are able to say, instead of laying on the ground and screaming that they're tired, you can say, hey, I noticed that you're having a hard time controlling yourself. Let's go take a nap. Mm. doesn't mean that they like it, yeah. but you're telling them that you see in them how they're feeling. Yeah. And so then maybe the next time they can name it mm-hmm. and say, I'm tired yep. or I need a snack. Um, so language really, really helps with that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of independence and you can really set the stage for your child to grow independently. If you always do all of the things for your child, then they're going to let you. Yeah. Because they're not going to fight you for that. Uh, But your child can do a lot more than you think that they can. So it's okay to push them to do things that are age appropriate. You know, your child can pack their backpack. They can get their clothes out for tomorrow. They can make um, a choice between two things that you're both, you're okay with whatever Mm -hmm. they decide. They are just growing, growing, growing. And they're little people because by the time they're five, you're ready to send them off to kindergarten. Yeah. Well, what are some of the best ways to communicate with a preschooler? Kind of along those lines of developmental. This is an area of growth for me. (laughs) I know you have told me a number of times throughout parenting that I talk too long to the kids. I try to rationalize to children who are not in a rational state. Or I get into arguments with four-year-olds. Well, we're both guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) But that communication one was a big deal because I wasn't making sense to my children because I was talking to my kids like I was talking to one of the students in the youth group or right. to another adult. And I had to, I had, it wasn't baby talk, but there is a way to effectively communicate with a preschooler. 
Right. Um, you really need to be sincere with a preschooler. They're looking for someone who makes them feel safe by telling them the truth. I mm-hmm. think that is a big, a yep. big, big deal. Um, talk simply. You know, you can. You're building the vocabulary. Yep. But if you choose to use a new, voc- a new vocabulary word, make sure you say, "Do you understand what I mean?" Or you know, use a synonym, something like that. Um, get on their level. If there is a transition happening, talk to them often. Mm. You know, don't like you know hammer yeah, a transition it. Transition or yeah. a change. A transition yeah, yeah, or yeah. a change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that you are um, that you're speaking positively and speaking often. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of goes back to them being a sponge when you're communicating with them. You're equipping them for whatever is coming. Yep. So um, one of the things that I kind of thought of was um, kids have to get vaccines. It is not a fun day. Mm-hmm. But when they ask, when they find out they're going to the doctor, their first thing is, are we getting a shot? Are we getting a shot? Mm. Am I going to get a shot? How many shots am I going to get? Yep. And you can say, yes, you're going to get a shot. I don't know how many. Um, and I do know it's going to hurt, but it's going to be so fast and you're going to be fine. Yep. And so as long as you keep telling them, because if you lie to them, then they're not going to trust you the next time that you go. Mm-hmm. And if you really don't know, then say, hey, I don't know, but we'll ask when we get there. Yeah. But they're smart and they do have a good memory. They may not remember. Kids don't hold on to those two and three-year-old memories. Yeah. Um, they really kind of start banking them around four. But they do in that little, you know, in that little season of life, they do remember things that have happened when yeah. they were two or three, especially if they felt very traumatic. Mm. Um, so speak to those and say, Hey, I know that was scary. No one really likes this, but it's going to be fine. Yeah. So just be authentic and be sincere and let them know what's coming. Yeah. You're helping them make sense of the world. You are right around them. One of the things that I remember is taking walks with our kids. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, the stop sign sticks out of my mind, but we look at the stop sign and we go, what is that? Well, okay. There's a little pop quiz, right? Right. Well, that's a stop sign. What does that do? And we'd watch cars come to a stop and that Mm -hmm. you, so you're making sense of things that they see in the world, whether it's a bird flying, a stop sign, you know, a grocery store and you're walking through and these things are that. So there's that making sense of the world. And then the other thing you talk about traumatic situations Mm -hmm. in life, you know, my dad died right when my son was born. And he still talks about it. Like right. it, it was a part of his life, but right. he was two weeks old when it happened. And he'll say that big poppy died. Right. You know, so he has this traumatic memory that he was not a part of, but we've told stories and we've memorialized right. and remembered his life in such a positive way Though, even though it's so concrete to right. him, we make sense of the value of life and the importance mm-hmm. of family and everything like that, even in a sad memory there. Right. So that sort of communication. Yeah. And another, um, you know, we talk about being sincere. As I can remember, um, our pediatrician talking to me at an appointment, and she said, um, this was for our older son, Alan is doing a great job of looking to you to see how he should feel in a situation. Hmm. Um, and this was when he was a preschooler. He was probably three or four. And he was getting a checkup, and he was not excited. But he kept looking at my face like he would, as she was examining him, he would look at me. To see how I was feeling, because if I was anxious, well, he was gonna, he was gonna cross over and he was mm-hmm. gonna lose his marbles. Yep. Um, but he was looking to me to see that I was fine. Yeah. And that's even something since she said that that we use today mm. is um, for our kids is, hey, do I look worried? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, then you don't need to be worried. I promise I will let you know if you need to be worried about something. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, we they, try to be true to that. Right. Right. Yeah. They ask pretty consistently. Are you worried? Is, yeah. is everything okay? You right. know, so making that 
engage. And that's some things that parents have to work through as well, you know. Well, because if we're talking about a bill that we need to pay, Mm -hmm. they don't know that everything is okay because they don't look at our finances. So, you know, it's up to us to communicate that God has given us everything we need. And we have done X, Y, Z to be prepared for this. So, yes, Mm -hmm. everything is okay. Um, Or... Um, our son has been talking about nine eleven mm-hmm. um, through some stuff with school, and yep. d- do I need to be worried? Yep. Is everything okay? Yep. Those are things that we need to communicate to him. Right. So, even out of preschool age, yeah. those are things we have to yeah, do. Definitely. So, still along the lines of communication, mm-hmm. one of the you know definitive areas where I have struggled is mm-hmm. when it comes to helping kind of simply communicate the values of our faith, right. you know, I'm like, Hey, let's just crack open the Bible, you know, and let's just, just read it, you know, yeah. let's do a family devotion. And it has never gone over well. And I get irritated <laughs> no. with the kids cause it'll just sit in rapt attention at my eloquence. Right. And, but there are ways to incorporate faith into a preschooler's life that is on their level right. that they can begin to understand and even comprehend. So where does that start? I think it starts, um, like everything, just modeling at home um, for something that we have done a lot of for just repeated phrases. Yep. Um, when the sky is beautiful, hey, God made us a beautiful sky today. Thank yep. you, God. Um, it's not very, you know, eloquent, yep. but it's something that that they repeat and something that triggers their knowledge of mm-hmm. God, that mm-hmm. God is good and makes good things. Yep. Um, we talk about when Jesus is in your heart. People can see Jesus in you mm-hmm. um, when you're kind and when you're loving. And I think that's something that they hold on to, kind of a value that they start taking in. That, oh, I do have Jesus in my yeah. heart. I can I can be brave. I can be kind. Yeah. Um, music is a great way. Worship music, whether it's um, adult worship music, mm-hmm. which I think that they sing along to but don't understand. Right. I don't think it's a bad thing for them to be repeating those phrases by any means. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of really kid-friendly music out there yeah. that's worship music that they can listen to. There's a lot of, um, you and the guys like to listen to pop scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, we listen to Yancey. Yep. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that we do. Hillsong Kids is great. It's yep. still an adult song with a kid voice, mm-hmm. um, which they really respond to. But those are just important things that you're training their brain. Right. You know, you're modeling it with the way you live. Um, we talk about we are a sharing family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of ours. Yep. So just framing who who we are because of Jesus. Right. What do we do because of Jesus? Yeah. One of the things that uh, Watson, our middle son, mm-hmm. used to do pretty frequently is it, we'd have a Bible out or he'd have a Bible. Somehow he got it in his hands and he'd go, you want to touch it? Yeah. It's the Bible. <laughs> do you want to touch it? And it was such a weird thing. It was funny, but it it helped to establish a value that this book is important right. in our life and our family. You may not understand 99% of this, but... You see mommy and daddy, read it. You see us mm. open it and look at it. Right. Yeah, it may look like any other book, but it influences what we do and what we talk about. And then the other thing is some of the things that we try to incorporate in our preschool programming mm-hmm. at Forest Hill are phrases like, Jesus is your friend forever. Right. God loves you. Right. You can make the wise choice. You can do the right thing. You can treat people like you want to be treated. It's right. those phrases that, you know, as adults, we're like, oh, my goodness, if I have to save that phrase again, my head is going to explode. Right. But it's wiring their brain, it is. which I, I think there is connection between your, your brain and your heart, you know, right. and then 
your behavior and right. how it influences your life. There's definitely a connection between your brain and your mouth. Yep. That if you say it, you're more likely to remember it than if you just read it. Mm-hmm. So having your children say those things with you means it's really starting to sink in yeah. and they're really starting to get it. Yep. Um, that's why songs stick. That's why we can still remember songs that we sang yep. when we were little. Seriously. Because yep. it and was... I can't remember any Bible verses. Right. <laughs> <as a kid. laughs> Unless it was to a song. That's right. That's and right. Then, yeah. yeah. And then I remembered it. Yeah. So let's kind of uh, change gears okay. a little bit here. What do preschool teachers know about discipline and consequences that would help parents discipline with a plan and a level head? Um, having a plan. Our, our days in preschool are ordered. Um, there are transitions that we have planned for. So if we um, look at our morning and there's a three-hour chunk of time, we know everyone's got to go to the bathroom and everyone needs to be fed. And those are things that have to happen at home too. You know, that if you are preparing well for a transition, if you feed your child before they get starving, you know, if you take them to the bathroom before they have are desperate and have an accident and it becomes yeah. stressful, if you kind of work ahead of where you need to be, if you're prepared, it's going to solve most of your problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you communicate you know, we're leaving in five minutes. In four minutes, you need to put your stuff away. You're not going to bug your kids. Um, but to set a timer on the microwave or on your phone, um, our youngest loves to set a timer mm-hmm. on the phone. Yep. Siri, set a timer for three yeah. minutes. And then he's already his brain has already started to transition out of whatever activity he's doing. Mm-hmm. But if you transition well, that's when most of your tantrums happen yep. is... Um, when you've broken routine or when they're too tired, too hungry. So that is the best thing. Um, redirecting a child is great. If they are having a struggle at the playground and the playground is hard for them, then maybe you need to stay at home or mm-hmm. go smaller scale. You need to know your child and what's overwhelming for yeah, them. Yeah. And there's no magic bullet no. here. There's, you can have the best plan in place. And right. sometimes something's going on in your preschool and it's like, and I can't even rationalize this as an right. adult here. Right. But uh, I love what you said about the re- redirecting because that can be real tangible. You know, if our children are at a conflict with each other because they all want the same thing, if we could say, hey, look at this Lego over here. And it's like, ooh, that is more interesting right. than what that redirection can help. But again, it doesn't always work because they may go, cool. I want what they have. Right. If you sit down and play, a lot of times mm-hmm. they will they will come to you and that kind of diffuses on its own. You're mm-hmm. really good at diffusing with songs and, you know, just distraction, distracting. Mm-hmm. Um, but they really want to please you. They really don't want to have tantrums. They feel very out of control mm-hmm. when they have tantrums. Yeah. And so if you can kind of distract, hug, and feed or yeah. nap, yep. that really yep. usually... It usually takes care of it. Right. And I would say probably just some advice for parents when they are losing their ever-loving mind. You probably need to walk out of the room for a second. Go walk around the house once, take a breather, you know, and go, okay, I'm back. Go step outside for a moment or into another room. Make sure they're safe, obviously. And that they know where you are. Right. And then go, okay, I'm back in my right mind and we can engage the situation. So let's let's talk a little bit more about tantrums. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, you probably see that in preschool. I do. So what can parents learn about dealing with 
temper tantrums or those moments where they are just like yearning for attention. Right. Um, a lot of those situations happen um, when, for me, the biggest tantrums I can remember our children throwing are when I have put them in an adult situation and expected adult behavior out of them. Um, and I have thrown a tantrum along with them because <laughs> adult, adult tantrums adult are so tantrums pretty. Are oh so pretty. Um, and I'm very guilty of throwing them when I expect my children to behave like adults. Mm. We have yeah, three boys yeah. and they are good boys, but um, rowdy is the most common word I have used to um, describe them lately. Yep. So when you're putting them in a situation like that, make sure that you're not throwing a tantrum mm-hmm. too. Yep. you know, do as I say, not as I do. Right. Right. Um, I think that another thing about attention-seeking behavior is that you need to acknowledge their need for attention but not reinforce the behavior. So I know that you're feeling tired. We have two more things to get. Can you help me count to two? Mm -hmm. And then we're going to leave and we'll go get a snack. Um, Don't buy them fruit snacks in the store. Mm -hmm. You know, just keep something in your purse if they're dying and you need they need a snack. Um, but don't reinforce that behavior by giving them what they want because let's say you're in Harris Teeter yeah. and you're at the checkout line and you give in yeah. to the, the whining. Mm-hmm. Well, then every time you get there, if they got candy when they whine, they're going to do it every time. Yeah. So, you know, be wise about what you're reinforcing. Thank you so much for sitting quietly. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, if they're having a tantrum in public and you can leave just go mm-hmm. order it on Amazon. If it's not an emergency, leave your cart at target and just go. Yeah. Um, because it's not that important. Nothing is more important than your child. There are days when you have to get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you communicate clearly, I need 10 things and then we're going to leave. Yeah. Then usually a child can help you count to 10 and then you can leave. Mm-hmm. And if you get to eight, well, great. You got to eight, then leave. If they're, if they're yeah. having a tantrum, you kind of have to make an, a, an adult decision where you can right. to say, okay, you're more important than looking for a new shirt that I don't really need. Yep. Yeah. It's, it makes me think of Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. you know, the episodes with uh, Jean Ralphio and oh, yeah. Mona Lisa, you know, who are these adults who right. have adult tantrums for money from their dad? Yes. You know, and it's like, okay, that is not cute. It's not and cute. Even though, a ch- you know, a child's tantrum, it's like, that's a cute person. Having a tantrum, we can pick them up, we can walk out of the store, we can give them fruit snacks and just solve the problem. But that's not the thing we want when they're an adult, you right. know, throwing those tantrums like, Daddy, can I have the money? Money, you money, know, money. That's, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. So it's just a funny image that I have in my mind that go, I think that show's trying to tell us something. It's right. like, be mindful of your parenting now as you're raising kids because Jean Ralphia and Mona Lisa are going to bust in the door right. as 25 year olds doing the very same thing right. just as adults. Right. We're raising adults. They're right. very right. little adults, but you, um, I think Janet Fisher, her phrase was playing with the, in, or parenting the with game. the, the yeah. long game, yep. the end yep. game in mind. Yep. What do I want you to do? I want you to learn to sit quietly. I want to speak truthfully to you and let mm-hmm. you know that we're not going to spend all day in target because yeah, 30 minutes is all day right, for, right. for a four-year-old. Yeah, it's all day for me. But. It's all day for you. <laughs> so I don't make you go to Target yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah. Um, it's a loss in a grocery store. Right. But just think of who you want your children to be mm-hmm. and have realistic expectations of who they are. They've yeah. only been alive three years. Yeah. You know, four years. Right. It's not very long. Yeah. What are What is a preschool teacher's uh, tips and tricks when it comes to potty training? Oh, 
because we forget as adults we're like i can go potty now but you're like oh i have to teach somebody how to do this right and preschool teachers you got to know that all right you're going to have some kids who come in who are not potty trained and you right. you got to keep the the thing yes. going you got to keep routine you can't break it up every time no. that a child has got to go so you're teaching them how to use the bathroom as right. well um well like teaching them just to listen is part of it is that your children need to listen to authority whether it's you or their teacher so when your teacher says go they have to go um Preschools are really serious that you do have to be potty trained before you go in the three-year-old classroom. Mm -hmm. And that's because of ratios, because they have more children to the same amount of teachers in a three-year-old class. Um, So I would say to survive potty training, you really need to stay at home for three or four days. Mm -hmm. It is not going to be your best four days Mm -hmm. of your life. (laughs) It is going to be the longest three or four days of your life. But you will really reap the benefits of just going for it, you know, letting your child run around without a diaper, filling them up with water and watered down juices and things like that so that they have to go often Mm -hmm. and not giving, not giving them the choice to say, do you have to go to the bathroom? They don't get to choose when they go to the bathroom until they can prove to you that they will tell you if they have to go. Yeah. So for the next year, spend your three or four days at home and spend the next, okay, maybe six months that... You're going to hit every bathroom in every store that you go to. Mm. You're going to know every public library bathroom, where the Target bathrooms are. You might even have your favorite stall in six months. But you're going to go when you get there, and you're going to go before you leave because you're going to set your child up for success. And just don't ask them. Say, it's time to go to the bathroom. Right. And reward them when they go. Reward them when they sit. Even Mm -hmm. if they don't produce anything, you're going to reward their obedience yeah. in sitting. We had rewarded our child so much that their, uh, what they left in the toilet changed colors. <laughs> yeah, and then we decided gummies maybe were not a good reward. <laughs> yeah, that was. But he did was, potty trained. He did, yes. And the thing is, like, you have parents coming to your class who ask you these questions to go, I'm trying to navigate this preschool age, and they right. trust preschool teachers. And so you're, some of this is real life advice that you've yeah. given. You know, parents of children in your classes every year. Yep. I even have it typed up in an email that I sent out yeah, because yeah, yeah. when they say yep. we're at a loss, what do we do? Yep. Stick with it. Mm-hmm. Stick with it. Yeah. Well, let's do one more, and that's how to help them through changes and transitions, like a new baby, in moving into a new house, or moving entirely mm-hmm. into a new area or a new school class or teacher. Right. Um, this is kind of where kids being sponges yep. comes into play. This is how you need to see your child. They are looking to you to know, is this okay? Are we still safe? Um, They don't know that moving, let's say that your transition is moving to a house. They don't know that when you say moving, that you're going, that daddy's going, if that's Mm -hmm. the situation, Mm -hmm. that their books are going, that their toys are going, and that you're all going to live together just in a new place. Mm -hmm. They don't know what moving means. They've never moved. So you have to tell them what's going on. Show them pictures. Show them a map, you know. Um, if you're going to a new grocery store, say, hey, we're going to go to a new grocery store soon. Yeah. Just help frame what they... Right. Help, yeah, frame, frame the help transition. Help them find what's familiar right. in that change. Right. Um, and communicate just all the time. And I'm so excited we'll get to go to a new playground when we move to our new house. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of situations where you're moving and you might be really sad. Yeah. And you can tell them that mommy's just feeling sad because we won't be able to be neighbors with 
Right, right. You know, Miss Anne anymore. Yep. But that's okay. We can write Miss Anne letters. Um, we can still have dinner with Miss Anne. And we're going to have new neighbors, and yep. it's going to be so exciting. But I just feel a little sad now. So yep. you can tell them those things. When a new baby comes, make sure that they know that they're still in the picture. Yep. <laughs> I'm still your mommy. Daddy's still your daddy. Um, or whatever the situation is, that we're just adding someone. Yeah. And you have an important new job, but yeah. you still are always my baby. Right. This kind of reinforces the importance of having pictures around your house, not just on your phone, but print those out and let them see, you know, right. that was our old house and we loved it. It right. was some great was memories so there, right? You know, or if unfortunately someone has passed, you right. know, a picture of that person who was an important part of your family to go, hey, we still remember them. And that right. helps them go, okay, this change was hard. There's some emotion. I'm not quite sure what it means, but you're mm -hmm. able to place it on to right. a concrete picture that they can see and remember. Yeah. And a lot of times, too, there is going to be other things that happen, like a passing yep. of someone, um, a separation in the home, right. a divorce, things that you don't wish for, but they happen. Yep. And um, what you need to do is to help your child stay be predictable. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're going back and forth between mom and dad or mom and grandma or whatever, yep. you know, needs to happen, um, make sure they know, you know, if if they have a new routine where they're with mom Monday through Wednesday and they're da with dad Thursday through Sunday, then make a little calendar with pictures of mommy and Jack yep. for four days. And then they can count how many days they've been and what happens next. Right. Yeah. Because their little world is even crazier than your world is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because you have security in knowing that you're an adult and you can handle this. They can't handle this. Right. Help it and make their world a little bit more predictable. Right. Right. And things like that and changes yeah. and transitions. You're setting them up for success as much as you can. Right. There's going to be days when they're just sad, but they're not going to have a word for that. Yeah. So it's okay for you to say, hey, are you feeling frustrated today? I can tell that something just doesn't seem right. Are you, are you worried about something? Are you, and if you know that there's transition and things moving around in your life and say, does it worry you when mommy talks about this? Mm. And then do your best to, in a preschool way, just say, it's okay. You're safe and right. everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Well, what are some of your favorite resources for parents? Um, I love the Parent Q app. Okay. I listen to that a good bit. It's mm -hmm. not just for preschool by yep. any means, um, but it has been great to kind of help me be prepared for tween, which is where we are uh -huh. heading. Yeah. I'm really comfortable with preschooler, not as comfortable with tween. Right. So I don't know if anybody is. Yeah. The Parent, Q, the Parent Q app is really helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, parenting with Love and Logic, I think, is our favorite mm -hmm. parenting resource. Yeah. When you don't know what to say, Love and Logic says, this is what you say in this situation. Yeah. When your child is arguing or when your preschooler is having a hard day, these are phrases that you use. Yeah. Um, I cannot think of the author, though. Jim Fay. Jim Fay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Parenting with Love and Logic is a great one. Your library is a great resource. Mm -hmm. uh, when your child is struggling with feeling worried about school, check out books about going to school and kind of see how other characters are handling it. Yeah. And then you can talk to your child about, is that a good way? Is that how you feel about school? If your child is struggling with anger, check out a book about a child struggling with tantrums. You can yeah. go on Pinterest and look up books about yeah, that's good anger for kids, mm -hmm. and they will send you a list. 
Um, so love Pinterest. Your child's teacher really does know your child, and mm-hmm. they we really do have your the best interest of your child yeah. at heart. I think that there are times when you go, my child would never do that. Well, we know that we don't ever want our children to act in this way, but what your teach the child's teacher really is trying to do is to prevent it from happening again. Yeah. So we're trying to set them up for success to go. We notice in this situation that your child is very stressed. And we're trying to find out from you if that's something you see at home too. Yeah. Because we can see when your child changes overnight and we know that something is going on at home or something emotionally is really off. And a lot of times we do know too if there are some delays that need to be addressed. Yeah. And we're not doing it to shine a spotlight on your child. But what we are trying to do is to get them the help they need for whatever it is yeah. before it gets to a crisis mode. Right. And I think you and I both say that you know, nobody is perfect. No. Teachers aren't perfect. But for the most part, they have your child's best interest in mind. They really right. do. And I think if parents and teachers can partner together, man, that only is to the success of our children in that way. And, yeah. and so to your point about, you know, partnering with your child's teacher to gain a better perspective of, hey, how can I carry on what some of the things that you're doing in the classroom right. in our home so that we can both help our child win. Right. And it's not always a comfortable conversation yep. um, to have to talk to a teacher when your child has done something they ought not to. Yeah. Yep. Um, we have done that. We have right. been in those conference situations. And I yeah, think you have to put your pride aside a little you, bit. It feels mm-hmm. embarrassing or like, oh, I must be the only one. You're not the only one. You're not the only us, one. Right? But, but you are committed to your child. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. And like I said, most often teachers are too. They are, and we um, we want your child to win. We love your child. Yeah, we want your child to thrive and to be learning, and you know we teachers are not in it for the pay. Yeah, we love our jobs. Yep, and so if you will right. trust, that is very true about preschool yes, teachers. Yes, it is. Yes, we love our jobs, and if you'll listen to us, we'll listen to you, and we can really work together, and yep. you'll really see a difference in your child. When your child, too, sees that you're friends and you're on the same team yeah, and you're not against each other, right. that you're really just both for that child. Yeah, that's good. Well, to give a quick shout out, uh, the podcast that you mentioned, the Parent Q mm-hmm. one, and then the book, Parenting with Love and Logic, we've done interviews on the Forest Hill Parenting podcast with both, both of, of those. those. So right. you can go back and look up Parenting with Love and Logic with Jim Fay and Parent Q with Sherry Surratt. And right. so those are both there, and you can find out more about those great resources. Also check out the Yancey podcast. That's a great way to yes. teach basic truths about yeah. Jesus. Yep, um, Yancey was on faith. our podcast for worship mm-hmm. and how to incorporate that into your family yep. as well. So, well, you know, you are, you've been my favorite guest oh, on this <laughs> podcast. You are a great mom and thank the best you. teacher I know. So thanks. thank you for being on this. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the wisdom that you have given Abby and that she's influenced so many children, little children, preschoolers throughout the years and have partnered with parents in some really, really tremendous ways. So I pray for all the parents who are parenting preschoolers, that you would give them the wisdom, grace, and patience that they need because their children change so fast over these few short years. They're growing and developing, ready to learn. And so I pray that uh, you would give parents what they need in in their child's little lives as they grow and develop uh, on into each phase as they go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Parent on parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest to you, visit foresthill.org.